0: Hey guys, it's Brittany here with Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I wanted to give a special shout-out to my sponsor, Verbal Inc. It's a live storytelling event happening every first Friday, also known as Art Walk, in the lower level of the Art Museum of South Texas. Listen to live storytellers tell really amazing stories based off of that month's theme, February's theme will be escape. You, if you're interested in being a storyteller, you can actually submit a story on www.verbal-inc.com. In addition to look at the following months, I think all the way through 2020s, different themes. So if there's a theme that you identify with most and you have a story to tell about it, get that story ready so you can submit and have the Verbal Inc. team review it. Uh, It's a really neat event. They had the first one last month, and I recommend that everybody go. It would be really neat if you, say, Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi sent you whenever you check in at the Art Museum of South Texas. Doors open at 7 o'clock. The event starts at 7.30. Make sure you get a seat. We went in pretty late and had to stand, so it was standing room only at that point. But check it out, and if you have any more questions, reach out to uh, at verbalinc361 or www.verbal-inc.com. It's episode 81 of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting across from Jillian Bacay, the chair of the Landmark Commission. She's also a contributor to the Bin magazine for three years now, and she's also teaching public history at TAMU. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me into your home with your baby in the room. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. So, your shirt is saying it all. You love history.
1: I do, and it's my, like, mission in life to make everybody else love history, or at least not think they hate history, like they do from school. Yes,
0: a lot of people do think that growing up, and uh, I I think I was indifferent to history, except for, like, the really dark, interesting, quote-unquote interesting facts that I was curious about growing up, but I've come to appreciate it more as I've gotten older. So, have you always been into it, even from a young age? Always,
1: like, forever. I grew up in Springfield, Illinois, Oh, so you're, like, walking in Lincoln's footsteps, like, You go to the library. It's the Lincoln Library. This shirt is from the Lincoln Presidential Library. Like, it's just everywhere you go, oh, you're going downtown to buy, buy fancy popcorn. Oh, there's the law offices that he served in. Holy. So you're just constantly surrounded by that. We went to an art fair every summer that was at the old state capitol where he served as a statesman. Like... You're just like Whoa, you're in his world all yes. the time. So I think it was inevitable. Um and I'm surely not all 200,000 people who live in Springfield, Illinois <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come up, you know, to like history. But um we always my parents took us tons of history places. We'd go on like road trips around. We didn't like fly to somewhere and do a vacation, we would just drive. And the one time in my childhood in college um, that we're like, we're going to plan a family trip. We're going to fly somewhere. We went to DC because I got to pick
0: and well, we did all the history and everything.
1: <laughs> I love that. Julie, really, you want to go to de- the capital. I was an American studies major. So it's like, I can't not have gone. I think to that the is Capitol. so,
0: that's so cool. Uh, and especially where you grew up. I mean, to be inundated with that kind of history, especially with such a Famous figure in American history. Uh, yeah. How could you not just fall in love yeah. with it? So when did you decide that you wanted to make it like a career?
1: Uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had really, really great history teachers in high school. Um, every one of them was good. and
0: That's, that's awesome. And this was still I know, in
1: Illinois? No, this was in Crowley, Texas. Oh, wow. Oh, when did you um, move to Texas? Seventh grade. Okay. Okay. So I'm like half and half. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had really great teachers that, like, they absolutely are the people who got me ready to take on college. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it you know, was intense for high school class. Um, Were you, like, in a advanced placement yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. I took all AP, all anything that was I took. Yeah. <laughs> um, except for math. I took regular calculus math. and then dropped out of it after who one semester. Who needs to take advanced <laughs> math? Like, for their liberal math. arts major in college. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Probably, like, I always knew I liked it, but maybe, like, junior year, I was, like, trying to identify, oh, do I want to go, like, libraries, like, Mm -hmm. sharing knowledge world? or do I want to teach? Or, because that's what everybody's like, I like history, I'm going to
0: teach. Right, that's what I was wondering, like, what can you do, okay, that's what I'm like, yeah, so what are, like, the top fields for those who major in history? All those that you just
1: listed? Yeah, I mean, lots of teachers. Because they teach not just history. Some of them like, get a history degree and then also teach other things. Right. Especially like in private schools. Yes. Um, but once I had a... Okay, so my come to Jesus moment about history... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I had a teacher who put, would put stuff in a shoebox and pass it around the class and be like, shake this, tell me what it is. And sometimes it was old. And, like, you shouldn't be shaking antiques. (laughs) Wait, okay, what was he thinking? I guess he didn't care what happened to it. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, any, like, giant national treasure. But I was like, oh, my God, and I'm offended by this, and that means something. (laughs) (laughs) So then I was like, I should save this stuff. Um, So my mom has some friends who do um, archives and things like that Mm -hmm. that we kind of, like, started talking to and asking questions and – Um, Fort Worth has amazing museums, like world-class museums. I didn't know that. And Fort Worth. Yeah. Interesting. Mostly art. Okay. But like really good museums. So I was around that and we'd go and we knew people who worked at those. Um, but yeah, the, when 16 year old or 17 year old Jillian was like, oh my God, my heart hurts. Like (laughs) this is my career. Wow. (laughs) Because instant. Somebody, yeah. Somebody has to like save that stuff. Yeah. So. It started as, that's how I got into museums of like the object side. Yeah. Of saving stuff and Landmark Commission, the ob- like saving the actual thing. Yes. These actual things are powerful. Right. Stories, like books are useful and stories are useful, but actual things are more powerful than anything else you can use to teach.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, man, because as soon as I had heard, this is just my ignorance, that there is a Landmark Commission I'm like of course there is and what a neat job that must be
1: but I'm getting ahead of myself so <laughs> how did you end up in Corpus um uh, my husband's family's from here so he got a job here mm-hmm. we got engaged in college okay um, we were both in college station at A&M oh wow yeah okay very so good. he left then we came back mm-hmm. um which everyone that everyone's always like shocked you know, when you left and came back, which I'm sure you've also Oh, for sure. Heard. Yeah. So I'm always I like, le- yes. I left for school and came back. Yeah. I went, I went to UT. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know. It's like, we don't have enough Aggie in this house. right? To yeah, I know. It. It's in the guest room. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, thank you for that. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't need
0: to be in everybody's face it's necessarily. Right <laughs> <laughs> it's just on just the ring, me finger. ring finger. <laughs> That's excellent. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations.
1: So we were engaged like during undergrad. And I was working at the Bush Presidential Library while he was still an undergrad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and working on my graduate degree um, while I had that job because I could not walk away from a presidential library job. I I was like, I can't quit and go to grad school at like Baylor or somewhere. Like I have to find a degree I can do while I keep this job because I'm not walking away from it. It was a summer internship turned two-year job. Wow, (laughs) you loved it, huh? Yeah. Because you
0: said you you consider it. You considered libraries, you considered teaching, and then museums. But Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me that you've worked in all of them.
1: Well, the Presidential Library is, it's a library, but it's an archive and a museum more than it's a, quote, library. Okay. Um, I have volunteered in libraries. I have never worked in one. Mm -hmm. Um, I have shelved plenty of books. Via Dewey Dewey Decimal System? No, because public libraries don't use Dewey Decimal.
0: See, these are facts I don't know.
1: University libraries do. So I had to learn really? it in college. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, there's like different, there's two different ways to. And some like library, actual librarian is going to listen to this and be like, no, she's all wrong. Um, but based on your experience. But there's two different methods. Yeah. I had to like relearn how to library when I went to a And I was like, <laughs> this place is huge. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking in
0: elementary school, we had to learn the Dewey Decimal. Maybe this was just my own. Yeah, and it's
1: always like on the. Yeah, and it yeah. was, um,
0: we had to use it to find books. But I don't know if they were just like. This, i don't know i never organized i did not invest any it. of
1: my career into learning oh anything about libraries yeah because i decided pretty early that that wasn't the way to go no so i know how to research in them i know how to like yeah use them as a user but no i am no in, no professional librarian right? at, all. At, <laughs> at all um so yeah the presidential libraries are like they have the the archive of the presidency like every document that comes out of the presidency wow most, mostly is kept um of all the presidents um after a certain date it's required got it so it's okay there's like 13 presidential libraries or something yeah um but yeah so like not forever Mm -hmm. not 45 of them right um they all have papers somewhere but um now that's why there's been all this conversation about like oh well social media social media needs to be archived I And what do you think about that? I know that you're not... Social media should be archived. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I think so too. It's important. It's a document. It's just like, it adds an added complication. It's not just like, oh, save this memo. Like you don't just like send your secretary, oh, collect all the stuff at the end. Like it has to be more intentional. So, but then they also have museums that all of the gifts of state. So like when the president goes and visits the queen and they exchange gifts, Mm -hmm. you get like the gift the queen sent and it's the property of the country so the national archives presidential library takes care of it whoa so they're so they're so kept like there. legit one time yeah so wow. everything bush got during all of his travels things people sent to the white house um as gifts like boy scout troops and their little race yeah. cars or whatever yeah um they are kept and the public gifts not all of them are kept but it's a yeah the museum word for it is a representative sample Wow,
0: okay, like I said, I'm totally ignorant.
1: (laughs) How have I never visited a presidential library? I don't know, you should go. So we have LBJ in Austin. Yes. We have George H.W. Bush in College Station, and then George W. Bush in Dallas. So Texas has three. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well now I know what I need to do. Yeah, it sounds super cool
0: hearing you describe this. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you this. One of my best friends, and one of the smartest girls I know, has a fascination with LBJ. Like, she does get by like collectors items of his like that's probably not the right word but like
1: limited edition plates
0: and stuff like yeah. that and y- y'all kind People of remind get me it. of each other yeah, yeah.
1: so I, I think that that's super neat yeah so that's what i did was handling like there's you have to have a database that tells you where all that stuff lives in this big giant room with hundreds of thousands of objects behind the scenes so they um i that's what i was doing i was processing and cataloging and organizing and housing and archival materials mm-hmm. all of that stuff when I was in grad school that was my full-time job
0: that sounds like really cool it was, it was a cool right job. up your alley yeah yeah like you said it turned and it out for it a to, a to two be year. like
1: full history and not you know I mean there's art in history museums but it was history museum straight up wow yeah that is awesome and like important history like absolutely one time Barbara Bush contacted the curator and was like I remember getting this picture from the queen I need you to find it and we're like okay, we're going to find this framed picture in storage, and we're going to trust our database. We're going to find it. We did not find it in the database. You're kidding. And we had to literally search <laughs> all the cabinets, and it was no joke in the last cabinet oh on the bottom gosh. shelf where it shouldn't have been because there's a nomenclature that you organize everything by in the catalog so that anybody between any museum can, like, work with their each other's data. Yeah. You know what yes, things are called. Yes, of course, called. of course. Um, so they – it somehow wasn't cataloged, and it was in this category that it shouldn't have been in, but we were having to search every cabinet because oh we searched God. where it should have been, and it yeah. wasn't, Barbara but it's like asked Barbara for it. asked for it, <laughs> <laughs> and she remembered, and she remembered what it looked like, and yeah, so, so that's she when it goes it? wrong. She They had an apartment Okay. Um, that they would come to campus. I saw them all the time during undergrad. Mm-hmm um because they'd come so for various neat. things <laughs> yeah they'd just to speak. see just to visit like i mean um, in, in terms
0: of the i don't want to call them artifacts but the the stuff they, that was archived
1: they um they would use some of it as like furnishings in the apartment okay um because some of it was actually their property that we were just like taking care of i got you um so every once in a while they'll be like oh i want to put this on, out on display because so-and-so is coming to visit or that is so cool. What an yeah. interesting life. It wasn't life, like right? go to the museum. They were to not get super. The, yeah. go to the library to get the whatever it may be. Yeah, they weren't super needy, but it, every once in a while there was like, and was it like a, a like, very particular thing that needed to come out for this very specific reason? We're like, <laughs> okay, we're gonna find it. <laughs> it and like most of priority? the time your database works, but <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: that's what you're saying. That's whenever it went wrong. Like, yeah. like ugh, that has to be because
1: are you like freaking out because you're like, it's yeah. high yeah. Oh, one time I thought I lost a uh, rosary from the Pope. I did not. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it okay. was on. Spoiler it was alert! On exhibit. She found it. <laughs> oh, that and I was like, oh wait, there's one of those downstairs, and I like ran down there really fast.
0: <laughs> so, do you find that when you work in places like that, because there's so much on display, do mm-hmm. you kind of memorize it just because you're oh, yeah. there all the time? You're like, oh, that's here in this display, yeah. and you know, especially
1: whatever. like when you're doing a project like that, when you're doing a full inventory, we were doing mm-hmm. 100% inventory, so we were literally accounting for every piece in the building geez oh and that's a good thing i mean you have to do it yeah. for
0: instance be, just in case you're asked to find a picture that's not in or the like database.
1: for hurricanes and you have damage or oh, for yeah. if you ha- ever had a fire or something like you really have to have that data yeah and um, uh-huh. that catalog
0: yeah i mean so uh, clearly you have good organizational skills oh, good yeah. memory like since childhood yeah. it's ridiculous mm-hmm. i envy you i'm okay <laughs> i don't know if i'm on that level uh, so when you moved to Corpus, did you immediately get a job related to your field? Yes. Okay, and where was that? At Corpus Christi Museum of Science and History. Okay, so most notable project I think yeah. that you oh, worked yeah. on is the Peruvian mummy. Peruvian, yeah. right? Peruvian. Okay, so
1: tell me about this mummy. This made news. It made national news. Yeah. International news. Yeah. Um, so they got the mummy in the sixties. Super common. And how does that work? Uh, the They're just first, like here's a mummy. The first yes, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, basically, <laughs> the first director of the museum, um, first professional like museum director, was hired from um, the American Museum of Natural History in New York, was where he was working, and he was just like not an underling. You know, he wasn't like a department head or mm-hmm. he was a young guy getting started, but very well thought of. Came here, um, and they sent with him some artifacts to get his new museum started because there was a big junior museum movement. It was originally called the junior museum. Okay. Um, and it, there was this big junior museum movement nationally. So it was like, okay, well, he, Albert's going to go start one of those junior museums and here's some stuff. And they <laughs> offered him the opportunity to take a mummy. And the, the, story he told at the caller times is that he went eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh, there was wow. like, here, choose a mummy. Whoa. And he, eeny meeny miny Mo picked the fourth one and he called it like in new caller times articles would call it Mo. wow so <laughs> i i knew that's we had insane but there's just mummies there's just to, mummies yeah. yeah the american museum of natural history would just like go on expeditions to collect mummies that's insane like wow. why do you think this is okay yeah like yeah i know it's a long time ago but it's the 1950s and 60s that's mm-hmm. you're not that backwards guys yeah <laughs> So yeah, it is a they were doing it, which backwards. isn't really that long ago. No. I, um, no. Yeah. So they were doing that. He brought it here. It was cataloged into the collection. Everything, like, fine. Gets put on display. Is on display until the 80s. Um, is pulled off display, put in storage. And so when I started working there, um, I knew we had it. Mm-hmm. I didn't delve deep into the technicalities of right. why I just knew like it had, it had a catalog number. Yeah. It was legal. Yeah. It's le- <laughs> so you can't, you can't just like arbitrarily hold native American remains. There's mm-hmm. the national, uh, or there's NAGPRA to protect that, to allow right. for repatriation of those um, remains and artifacts, but it doesn't cover a child from Peru. Wow. It's about American yes. people. So there wasn't anything wrong with us having it so it just never was like it was on my okay I need to make this better pile mm-hmm. <laughs> but not a crisis and then I shared um I would always go with new educators and give them a tour of behind the scenes so they know like yeah what's course. there of course um so we started a new group of educators and one of them was uh, my colleague Madeline Fontenot mm-hmm. who worked on this with me and she right away was shocked and she's like no we have to send it back right away. Told me that day, like the moment she saw it. Wow. When she found out it was there, she's like, no, I'm doing this. So I was like, okay, now it's not at the bottom of my pile anymore. Yes. I have a buddy. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So it was about two
0: and years. And y'all were so adamant about it because you feel like it sh- it's that a. That the mummy should be. Well, it's a
1: child. It's a child. Boy, girl. Do we um, know? Our records said girl. Some of the Peruvian media says boy. Okay. So they have the ability to do a lot more science on it than Mm -hmm. has ever been done Mm -hmm. so i don't know if they've already been able to tell that right Um, but but just y'all were
0: so passionate about it because you feel like this little kid should be back in its yeah at least like in the
1: right state right Right. you know like not in north america
0: right like why do Um, we have this
1: yeah it's like in an archival box perfectly well taken care of on a shelf in corpus christi Mm mm-hmm And we were halfway through this project when the hurricane hit, and we're like, "I don't want to leave the mummy," (laughs) and we like put it in the soup, like high up in the safest place, like super protected. Because like, what if something happens to the mummy? (laughs) So had y'all already notified Peru? Um, I don't remember how far we were. Mm -hmm. No, we weren't that far because we had just done um, the X-rays. Driscoll Children's Hospital X-rayed the mummy for us. Like, we walked into Driscoll when we arranged it. It was a big media thing. Whoa. It was, on, it was in the collar, yeah. So it was like, okay, this project's starting, makes the front page of the collar. We're like, okay, yeah. it's starting. Yeah, and there's a <laughs> Everyone knows. Um, so we did that, did the x-rays. It showed us a lot because it showed us, so it's bound in rope, mm-hmm. um, and it showed us what was inside the rope as far as burial position. So we knew because of the size that the knees were tucked to the chest, but we saw um, through the X-rays some the shape of the head, mm-hmm. and they can tell a lot from the shape of the head because it looked like it had maybe been bound or something. Oh wow! Um, and that's how the Peruvians we knew we we couldn't contact Peru without pictures, like without yes. something. We can't just be like, here's a snapshot, <laughs> right? <laughs> Claim yeah, the whole process. Like we knew, yeah, <laughs> we knew we had to convince them Mm. that they needed to take this wow Um, you would think they would be so excited but it's an expense and it's work on their part too true um so we went to our director and we're like we need this and he arranged driscoll and straight up like on the x-ray table in the bright colored cool like decorated children's hospital room yeah um <laughs> oh, this little mummy had no idea this little and kid, the whole floor everybody's no there
0: yeah that he'd be in the
1: 21st century that's yeah. insane so that gave us a lot of information um and then that we made this big packet of stuff um and started just spamming it out to archaeologists around the country mm-hmm. they're like can you tell me anything like give me the right words to tell the Peruvians we finally got somebody who knew they thought a region yes and we're like okay here's wow. all this research from two or three different scientists and sent that to the Peruvians um, through the embassy through the consulate in Houston and it wasn't a fight and they said yes this is ours wow yeah. so do they <laughs> and that, that I cried a lot really <laughs> yeah because it's like you sent a baby home man. yes oh my god it was such a and relief so in two years of two. research oh
0: my gosh
1: yeah because there's lots of back and forth like by the time we got x-rays to or leading up to x-rays trying to get american museum of natural history to give us anything like surely you have some data on this mummy no no record of giving it to heine <laughs> nothing <laughs> it
0: was like some alley deal or so, something. yeah back alley deal
1: Jeez. Yeah, so it would probably was given him like before it was processed in, like it came back from the exposition, mm-hmm. and then before it was processed into the museum collection, they gave it to him. So I got you. Yeah, so Such we had to go through our archive, story. and then through AMNH, and then we did the X-rays, and then we did the scholars, and then we did the embassy. Man, two
0: years. Yeah, Do you Madeline's
1: get- a hero, man. <sighs> I mean, for Very sure. Very persistent. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, y'all had a goal and y'all met it. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing. And so did they give you an update? Like, okay, like, they're here.
1: We, saw, back, and... um, we saw the Peruvian media come out about, like, we saw pictures mm-hmm. of them taking the box apart, like, to lay the box flat to get it out in wow. Houston or in Peru. That is insane, and I, we know the name of the museum where it's at. Okay, so if you ever want to go from the Peruvian media, yeah. <laughs> so I <laughs> yeah think we could go, go visit. I know, I know. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh,
0: that that is such an awesome story, and I heard about it. I had to have been last year, I think. Right, that's when i shipped it off. It yes, okay, about
1: a year ago. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. So of course it was like in the you know it, like you said international news. Mm-hmm. And uh, just such a neat story that you guys were so passionate about getting that baby home. I know. Yeah. I mean, I just think I'm a mom and I'm just like, get I know. that little Same. baby home. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. So when did you start writing for The Bend? Uh, the winter of 2017. And how so did that about? Just, just hit about? three years. Um, Jordan Regis is a family friend and we met at fundraisers and things like that. And then he found out, like, oh, you work at the museum. <laughs> oh, you know history. And um, the person who was doing the looking back column before me wasn't going to do it anymore. Mm. And Jordan was like, hey, can you write 200 oh, words that's every the month? column, looking back. Yes. OK. And it's on the back cover opposite the usually like plastic surgery <laughs> ad or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan says they have a very good, very long contract for that one. Um, <laughs> so yay, sponsors. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just inside the back cover every month. I've written almost 40 of them now. I just hit three years.
0: That is so cool. Yeah.
1: People need to send me like things they're curious about because yes, <laughs> all my put like out there. my 30 uh, something things I can spout off about. I'm like, okay, well now I have to get deeper into research, get For different sure. stuff that's not like on the surface popular history because I've done forty topics. <laughs> but that's impressive in itself. So yeah. what's the idea behind the looking back column? So it's a historic photograph. Um, I've also used like historic postcards Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just quick bite of history about something that you may have seen around town Mm -hmm. so lots of buildings um, businesses um, spoiler alert natural ecology (laughs) 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 bird island Um, but that's a
0: good one though because our our uh like uh what do you call it I guess I'm going to say ecology, but, but, um, why can't I think of it? Well, just like the area, the area that we're in, Mm -hmm. like the surround, being surrounded by water and the wetlands and all that stuff.
1: It's, uh, it's unique. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of cool science that comes out of here, but yeah, yeah, mostly I just think of like topical things or like when a certain building is in the news or something, I'll put that into the rotation of like, Oh, you've heard this recently. So maybe you want, to hear more even though like we write like three months out so (laughs) it's a while before anybody sees it uh yeah that's what I was
0: gonna ask like what's the inspiration behind the topic for the month
1: whatever I decide to pick whatever sounds cool so sometimes it is like somebody's like oh you should do this and then I'll go find a picture and do whatever random place that's so cool Um, sometimes it's something we've talked about at landmark commission sometimes it's just like I'm sifting through pictures and find a cool picture Mm -hmm. and then research So So. where, uh, like, what are your
0: resources? Do you have to go to a library? Do you use the internet? The
1: Corpus Christi Public Library has archives online. You can look through, like, a giant database of historic photography from the library website. Wow. Like, from your
0: personal computer? Yes. What? Yes. I work for the city. How did I not know this?
1: Yeah, because people don't know. don't know about enough about libraries, like me.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know more than the yeah.
1: Regular, I use them like all the time. So
0: general population, you know. Yeah. Why.
1: So they have on the second floor of La Library. There's a local history room, and you can go in there, and they have every book that's ever been published ever about local history, and tons of archives. And their archives are legit. Like, they're really good. Wow. Yeah, they have I'm... photography. They have documents. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go check that out. I mean,
0: so even though you don't know much about libraries, it sounds like you spend a good amount of time. I mean, at least going I use the archives, them. Yeah. yeah, I
1: don't like. I haven't worked in one, but yeah, yeah. I use them for research.
0: Wow, man. So is this something that you can see yourself doing for a while, being a contributor to the Bend in this kind of way? I mean, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Until I, mean, I run
1: out of topics, so and they kick me off. No way. Yeah.
0: But do you, have you always enjoyed writing? And, oh yeah. And putting yeah. So what would you ever write? Any like, I don't know. Fiction or anything, mm. nonfiction? I really not. You should have seen her face. Like, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know the last time I read a fiction book. Just because working in museums and doing this kind of work, like, I'm constantly reading nonfiction. So yes. it's like I don't need another book on my plate. Yeah. Okay, that's um, interesting. Most people are trying to read more, and you're like, no. <laughs> I when I want to read more, I'm like, well, what will contribute to my projects? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to read another Murphy Gibbons, or I need to read like, what do I need to read? Yeah. So, like, I have my favorite Corpus Christi history book, but my favorite general book, I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so a fast reader. Cool, I like reading, but I like learning while I read. Yes, I, I want to take cool. away something from it, not just. And I've read like I won every like library reading contest ever in my childhood, so I've read Dang, many, girl. many books. Yeah, but my like mom you was said, a librarian. You're quick Are you so, really? Yeah. You left that out. Yeah, my mom was a librarian. <laughs> she worked in libraries when I was like in middle school, so I was like always there. Yeah, shelving books probably illegally because I was like kid. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, this goes here. So yeah. No, I was doing it right. I just was not a volunteer and not oh, an employee. <laughs> I, I was just I there <laughs> while my mom was working after school. Um so yes, I have spent a bajillion hours in museums. I like to read. I just I enjoy nonfiction and t-
0: I don't know what's the last nonfiction book I read. What recommend one? If you were to like, re- okay, you haven't been in nonfiction in a while.
1: I Read this. Um, I know what my favorite corpus one is. Yes, please tell me. My favorite corpus one is, um, it's called "Where Where Texas Meets the Sea." Okay, and it's by Dr. Alan Lessoff, who used to teach at the university here. Um, he's now at Illinois State, and it he's an urban historian. So it takes a lot more into play than just like it's not Murphy Gibbons. Okay, it's not straight wrote history right um it talks about economy and it talks about sociology and it talks about the bigger picture and Mm -hmm. that's the first history book about corpus that i read that i was like somebody gets it (laughs) (laughs) like here's this weird political force that made this thing happen in corpus christi like it's connecting the big picture i guarantee you i don't know anything
0: about it okay the where the where texas meets where texas meets the sea okay all right I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna read it we're it's gonna good. talk about it. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so which came first, your teaching at the university or your joining the landmark commission? Um, I
1: don't, they were about the same time.
0: Okay. Well, tell me about how you stepped into the the teaching role at the university for public history.
1: So, and what's public history? Okay, so that's like my lecture I have to write for next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, practice on me right now. I meet them. T- I meet my students tomorrow. Um, so before in 2015 and 2017 I taught introduction to museum studies this mm-hmm. is my first time teaching public history wow um so the I knew the internship the pro- professor in the history department that handled internships because we had had interns at the museum um and he came to me and was like what do you think about a museum studies class can you help me build a museum studies class and I was like yeah. Oh, it didn't even exist? It didn't exist. Whoa! How cool is that? He's like, so, you, yeah. let's create this. That's yeah. so awesome. So I made it up. <laughs> I made an introduction to museum studies class. How many people can say that they developed a course like that? That I don't is know. pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. not, it's not, muse- intro to museum studies is about as far as a lot of undergrad degrees go. Okay. Um, but there wasn't anything like that at AM Corpus Christi um so yeah we got with the department chair um and that's incredible built a class and they trusted me to build a class which is that's the incredible part you hadn't done it before right no <laughs> I had not well, I think that's I amazing had how not capable you are d- uh, yeah <laughs> it was a bizarre opportunity and I was like okay I guess we're doing this but it was so much fun and I liked it and the students were mostly good mm. um And that was a learning experience, like, teaching the first time. And I'd done, like, tutoring, and, like, I knew I was capable of the teaching part. Um, But it was just like, okay, this is college. Some of these students are older than me. That was unexpected. Because at Texas A&M, like, it's much more traditional students like everybody goes in yeah yeah everybody goes in everybody's 18 Mm -hmm. (laughs) most people right maybe they're like 20 because they have a slogan there but yeah (laughs) maybe they're like 30 by the time they're in senior but it's like most people for sure the great majority was traditional like senior to freshman yeah Um, immediately after high school immediately pretty pretty close yeah so i showed up to my first day at the university and i was like oh okay you're double my age. Wow. <laughs> but that's those are be like cool my best feeling, students. Like, yeah. They want to be there. They want to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, when I took some community college classes, um, because I can't not take class in the summer when I'm in school, apparently. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. It's who I am as a person. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love you. You embrace it. I think it's awesome. Oh, yes. That's who I am as a person. I can't, like, not take class. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm teaching because I can't not take class. Oh, my um, goodness. So I took community college classes at home and it's like tutoring those with people who wanted like 50 year old gr- takes care of her grandkids wants to be there. Like mm-hmm. I will tutor you all day so you can do this. Like <laughs>
0: that's so cool. Yeah. So what was it like developing a course from scratch?
1: Um, not as hard as I thought.
0: Okay. Cause in my mind, I'm like, how do you do that?
1: Because when you're so deep into a career in a certain topic, like I, knew exactly what readings I wanted to use. I knew exactly what projects would be useful. You were the perfect person like, to create this course. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people in this city that do what I do, Mm-mm. who have the background and the degrees that I have. Mm-hmm. There's not. Yeah, I've never met anyone. No. <laughs> there's, like,
0: less than five. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're so specialized. So then how did you transition into pub- – you said this is going to be your first year teaching public history. Yes. Okay. And so, what is public history? I mean, you can just give it's it to me in a nutshell. I don't. <laughs> um, I don't know. Public I mean, history I is like I the know. practice of history,
1: so okay. it's history outside of classroom history. Okay. So, um, one of the ways I've learned about, like, or I've seen public history at work lately, is the development services, landmark commissioner side of things, like the city staff having to research historic buildings when somebody wants to make changes or oh, like they are doing public history. I got it. I They're got not it. historians per se. Yes. They work in development. They're doing public history. Right. So some cities would have like a staff for preservation. Right. We have development services. Yeah. <laughs> um, I work for the city. Yeah. Like I said. So yeah. Utilities, but yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, they, they, people like that like they are doing history yeah Uh, museums do history historic sites do history um the volunteers who give tours of centennial house doing history wow but you're right i didn't even consider it but it's so true and has this has this class always been there or this course yeah this one has existed um it just was a workload somebody else had a special project they wanted to work on more and they're yeah. like, hey, Jillian, you want to <laughs> teach the spring? Because you turned us down last time. <laughs> so are you still teaching the course you created, too? No. OK. Um, they, the history department's pretty small. Yeah. So they try to rotate courses. the courses every couple, like, offer it every couple years. That makes sense. So that every upperclassman has the chance to take it. OK. One time during, during their gotcha. upperclass times.
0: Yeah. So do you think they're going to try to sucker you into teaching other historical classes? I don't know.
1: (laughs) I don't want to think about it. I want to get through Uh, this one. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see how (laughs) it goes. One semester at a time. Um, But it's, I never thought I could teach it, teach college because I have a museum studies master's. Mm -hmm. I don't have a history master's. Okay. So they're very particular about having a master's in what you're teaching. Mm Mm-hmm. So every time you look up like jobs for teaching college classes, even in community colleges, like I was qualified to teach museum studies because I have a master's in museum studies. Right. So I couldn't apply to like without some people like putting me through the hoops. For sure. um, I couldn't just like apply to a community college to teach history because it doesn't look on paper Mm -hmm. like I'm qualified to teach history, even Mm -hmm. though. I teach it. <laughs> yeah, but even, even though you're doing it, so even like, though I've been doing it for yeah, yeah a long time, clearly you're qualified. So yeah, so like on paper, American Studies and Museum Studies is like, oh, why would you teach history? Like, yeah, but no, I know because exactly I do what history every saying. day in my life. So that I never so cool. Like I kind of like, well, I'm choosing this slightly obscure degree, so I'm not planning <laughs> on teaching college. It's okay.
0: Yeah, because that wasn't your what no. you were thinking you were going to do.
1: It was not like, I did not seek it out. No, it found me. Yeah. Found me. So, uh, uh, and is that how it that began? happens a lot in my life?
0: <laughs> but I think if, I, you're, I believe that things certain things are meant to go down how they are. Like you're yeah. meant to to follow certain paths or trajectories. And, uh, clearly you were here. So is how you ended up teaching because you were asked to create that course? Yes. Okay. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now you're like, "Well, we got you."
1: So now now you're going to do this. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's it's a good club to be in. Would you I say
0: that teaching came naturally? Yes. Okay. And has it always been that way? Have you always been good at My little
1: sister would not tell me that I was good at <laughs> teaching things. <laughs> yes. Um Yeah, I I've been a little um maybe bossy in my life. I don't mind that or, in a t- teacher. Yeah. Um my grandma was a teacher for 40 plus years in fourth grade which is way more patient than I would ever have to be with college kids for sure Um, but there are multiple teachers and people who teach or do college level everything like in my family
0: wow And what do they think about what you're doing
1: we don't I don't know I mean, everybody thinks it's cool, but they're like, oh, of course Jillian's doing nerd yeah. stuff. In <laughs> <laughs> your I Love History shirt. It makes yes. me so happy. It's like, this. I didn't even wear this for you. Like, this is my life. It makes me I so always, happy. I tell Madeline that I'm going to make, um, I want to make shirts that say, like, either history happens here or history happens or something about Corpus Christi history. But I'm like, yeah. I haven't had, like, an event or, like, the, the, I want Corpus history shirts, but I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. You make need it happen. to do it Yes, you need to do it. Uh, I want one. Maybe I can make Landmark Commission
0: chair. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and that's the perfect segue into how did you end up becoming the chair for the Landmark Commission?
1: Well, everyone pointed at me one day <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, just mind she's excited and young. Um, so I did Leadership Corpus Christi. I saw that. Classic Heidi. 44? 40. Yes. Yeah. I Googled um, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that and learned more about. How remarkably easy it is to get involved in our city if you are like qualified or passionate about a certain thing because mm-hmm. there's like some ridiculous amount of commissions and committees and a stuff ton. The city. it's absurd yeah <laughs> like i think there was passed a resolution last week about like merging some because yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> there's a lot so many there's so many um that's why like every council session they're swearing in somebody yeah <laughs> um <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> But that's lots of seats. And there's always so many open seats. Like if you go on the the city secretary website, like there's always a handful, if not more mm-hmm. commissions that have spots. So when I did leadership corporate and I learned about that. I'm like, well, okay. The only thing I want to do is history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I couldn't be on the museum board cause I worked there obviously. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like kept an eye out for landmark and then a historian seat opened and Cause there's like wow. real estate history, like there's various specialties that you have to have to keep it yes. diverse. Yes. So that's so cool. A history seat opened and I like filled out the little one page application and everyone should go join a commission cause it's really easy. <laughs> um, and I did it and they chose me and then I got on it and it was very sleepy and we didn't do anything. Really? And it was boring. And when, when was this? Like 2015. I okay. Think. Okay. Um, so it was a whole like not not exciting, but then people started turning off. We got new people. They were just as feisty as me. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, yeah. I would love to have you on my uh,
0: commission, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. So it, it was like one of the early meetings. So like julia will do it because we needed a vice chair. And I was like, okay, guess I'm the vice chair. <laughs> and then I'd been on that like a matter of months. And then the chair quit or turned off or something. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> guess I'm moving up. Yeah. Um, so then I became the chair and recently talked Madeline into joining mm-hmm. and applying. And she oh, got good. Chosen. So right on stacking those general seats with historians for but sure. It doesn't hurt. Um, so yeah, it's, that's how I got at, like, at, things just happen. Like, I put myself in positions, I don't know. Well, I
0: think you just go for what you like, you know? Yeah, you, you're really with, just like, I'll enjoy this and do it. Like, yeah. it's literally just, this feels good.
1: Yeah, basically. That's, that's how everybody should their I don't their go lives. against what seems natural. Yeah. Like, I have my defined set of interests. Yes. Path of interests and, like. And you go for it. I, yeah. That is it's so really cool. when you list things off that I've done, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's I did that. Yeah. And, 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 that's <laughs> and it was thing. fun and nerdy. And
0: yeah. yeah, I like to remind my leading ladies of the things that they've done and the things that they've accomplished, because, yeah, you need to bask in that from time <laughs> to time. But so since what is the purpose of the Landmark Commission? Like, what is y'all's mission?
1: So there are, I think, 24 it's changed recently because one got approved for demo, but I think 24 um, that are actually 24 buildings that are actual landmarks in Corpus Christi. Okay. Like formally, this is a landmark. In the zoning of the city, it has an, a historical overlay over the zoning. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like industrial, historical, whatever. Right. H overlay or historical, industrial. Okay. Um, so people don't generally seek that out because it sounds scary and it sounds like you're never gonna be able to touch your building yes which th- is what true. i thought yep no there,
0: there i am with the ignorance again yeah yeah i, I assume that so the number a is landmark, very small it's, it's
1: yeah. untouchable no nope. wow it, it in fact means we want you to save it mm-hmm. so we want you to take action to oh, keep your roof up keep your windows up okay it okay. just means you can't deviate from the style or you know especially mm-hmm. if it has its landmark because of its architectural significance those we have to be a little stricter on like how you exactly match right your fixes but yeah people get intimidated by that and they don't seek it out or they don't seek out like even higher level protections Mm -hmm. that they could have for their building um so we oversee those the 24 if somebody wants to make changes or if they want to so people
0: own these yeah okay
1: some are homes some are businesses Mm -hmm. um Some are the houses in Heritage Park. Yeah. Um, So um, we have to be there if they need changes to them Mm -hmm. or if they want to demolish them, they have to ask us. Okay. And uh, how do you feel about that whenever people
0: ask to demo stuff?
1: Okay. Well, mostly here's how it goes. They come up and they say their piece and then I give them a 10 minute speech on why the building is so important. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) And sometimes it's so far gone that, yeah, like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But you have to hope that when it's not so far gone that they do what's right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Before letting so. it just go. Yeah. What? Do you have a favorite local landmark?
1: Ooh. I don't know. So it's like asking me, do I have a favorite artifact in a museum? It's like mm-hmm. asking me to choose my favorite child. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but I, I love that. I love how passionate and close you are with all of this.
1: I, yeah, you're meant to be well, doing what you're, you're doing that's good yeah you really are <laughs> really that's what I'm like yes like I
0: can't imagine a better person to be doing this like
1: yeah. so we know like our Landmark protections are weak Landmark I should be able to tell you all of these things that Landmark is responsible for yeah but and there are more bullet po- points that I'm mentioning but it's when somebody asks us can we demo this building and we say no all they have to do is wait 180 days and then try again. No, and then demo it. Oh. So it's not as though y'all can keep, like,
0: saying saying no or, like... Not
1: forever. No.
0: Wow. I had no idea this is it's how a that It's a problem. Works. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did think that y'all have way more power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone you don't. So. We're just going to let people believe that if it's marked Landmark, that's it. Yeah. So are y'all still finding landmarks or have y'all explored everything so, within the the borders of Corpus Christi?
1: No, there are lots of things that qualify, mm-hmm. but the property owner has to want to do it.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. So
1: I wish that more people, more business owners and more even homeowners would come out and be like, yeah, I want, I want my building to be a landmark. Like mm-hmm. I want that recognition that I live somewhere or work somewhere historical. Yeah. But they don't cause they're scared of it. It's not something to be scared of. Right. It's like, Total we're mis- trying to be on your team to help you. Yeah. It's like you're tapping if you get your building landmarked, you have development services people to help you navigate it. You have landmark commissioners to help you navigate it. Like you have historians sitting up there to tell you yeah, what's the what. The framework of, yeah. So it's not something to be scared of. So I think Do y'all do outreach or anything? We need there needs to be and the new We've had a staff turnover too, mm-hmm. like most of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last couple of years, has been really good um, for Landmark. So they, we've talked a lot about that about w- certain places we'd want to target and certain or neighborhoods we'd want to target, mm-hmm. um, kind of to start with because it's not easy to just like reach out into all of Corpus. Yeah and be like yeah somebody give me like make me make your building a landmark like we have to choose like prioritize like yeah our arguments so we know that there are a lot that qualify Mm -hmm. a lot of downtown qualifies absolutely a lot of the older homes like yeah told toward like Furman avenue Mm -hmm. there's a lot of residential and a lot of downtown that would qualify Mm -hmm. um but it's just a matter of somebody doing it yeah. and as we saw with the steamboat house the, it's up oh go ahead go ahead the steamboat house in heritage park is getting demolished really uh-uh. it's the dilapidated white one yeah on the backside yeah um and it was city owned and it just sat there mm-hmm. and now it's too far gone yeah so it's like it wasn't even on it's not on our list it came to us under the vacant building ordinance for downtown mm-hmm. it didn't come to us because it was a Belonged to one of like the major families in Corpus Christi history. It came to us because of an ordinance they got passed a year ago or two years ago. Like of all the houses that should have been on the landmark list. Exactly what? So it's like the city has to even take care of like finding out their own stuff, recognizing their own stuff. And that is so interesting. So that was revealing to us when we're like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. this isn't even (laughs) it's not even a landmark. That is yeah yeah. okay. So they did have to come before Landmark Commission because of the vacant building ordinance mm. for that one. So that's why we got notified. That is terribly sad. There was a 10 minute speech about history on that one. <laughs> Y'all delivered by <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> so what are the what qualifies a structure? Or, and it's not just structures, right? Or is it as a landmark?
1: Um, for the city zoning, I think it would have to be a, a structure. structure. I think so. Once mm. again, not a
0: development professional. Yeah,
1: they are. But, but so what's the,
0: do you know the <laughs> criteria to designate it as a landmark?
1: Um, there are criteria and it can be off the top of my head. It's a big, long paragraph in the, in the Unified Development Code. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be architectural. It can be, um, a person that's tied to it. It can be cultural significance, like Galvan Ballroom. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of like cultural powerhouse. Absolutely. Um, so there's various things that can qualify. And the Secretary of the Interior, like the federal guidelines kind of, outline mm-hmm. um some of those things that make it valuable okay um but it's it's not if it's decent and it's not like a Sears Robuck house <laughs> like yeah. you can make a lot of arguments for a lot of places so what would be
0: the benefit of designating a structure as a landmark
1: I should have a better canned answer for that <laughs> besides like... No, this the is straight, straight from the hip. Yeah. yeah
0: like... I mean, I, for one of the home, the you call it the steamboat house? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. That's been there for...
1: It's, yeah, from 1890s. Yeah.
0: That. And yeah. for y'all to just be like, well, we let it go, so time to go.
1: Yeah, y'all the city. Yes. And not even the city employees that are there now. Yes. But the city employees that were there since 2000, whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. Priorities. Yep. So it's been interesting to learn about mm-hmm. things gone right and things gone wrong in <laughs> historic preservation in Corpus. Um, we're working on um, some, like, language changes that can help out in policy and making a historic preservation plan Ooh, is on right our on. list of goals. Yes. <laughs> we wrote a grant for it. We have to cross our fingers. Oh yeah, you write grants expensive. too. Huh? I write grants yes, too. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. I forgot you're also a grant writer. Yeah, I do lots of random stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, I helped write that grant um, to Texas Historical Commission because it's like forty thousand bucks to have a consultant do it, mm-hmm. but we don't have the capability in our city staff to do it. Um, so, yeah, it's a big project. Mm-hmm. So we did. Um, we got a grant a couple years ago for a historic site survey for and we worked with uh, downtown management district for a portion of downtown and uptown and they literally go like building by building the history the date it was built the architect like wow building by building that's what's so interesting historic what's old but not really historic and like they go site by site through the whole place when they do a historic site survey it's fascinating yeah and are you there the whole time uh, no, you hire the consultant. You write the check and say, gotcha. I'll get they, the report later. Go, <laughs> okay, they send you the report. I got yeah, it. Yeah, and they do, like, they use archives and things like that to mm. flesh out the history. But
0: That is so cool. I mean, what you're doing is really important. I don't even think people realize that you guys exist. And I don't that, either. What you're doing. Yeah. It's kind of cool. To the like, city's work working, working on a website.
1: Go, oh, well, The Landmark good. Commission will have a website. Yes, good. Because
0: <laughs> like you said, there's so many commissions and so many things to get involved. You know, if you're interested in something, you can get involved. So how can someone get involved with you guys um it's just
1: well anybody can come to meetings Mm -hmm. um and how often are those once a month okay um and they're publicly posted meetings just like any council meetings or anything are and we meet in council chambers and anybody can just show up and listen the okay the um the agendas are public days before and if you want to get feisty about a certain thing that's coming up for demo you can show up and (laughs) get feisty um or say, yes, knock it down. Either mm-hmm. way, you know, mm-hmm. feisty goes both directions. For sure. Um, but that's, I actually went to one, because in leadership course, because you have to like observe, you have to like go to one of these meetings and yeah. like write a report or whatever, because it's like being in school. And, and <laughs> so you love it. <laughs> I mean, I was really busy that year. Yeah. I was like doing multiple exhibits, and but I went to the meeting. It was really boring because they weren't doing anything, but I went. Yeah. Um. And it is just a matter if you want to be on the commission of waiting for a posted vacancy and then applying. And especially mm-hmm. if you're in one of those like certain categories that yeah. has to be filled, being qualified in your category.
0: Okay, good to know. And that information is on the city's city website? Secretary, yep. Okay, city secretary. Okay, cool. So I have a question for you. What is a piece of Corpus Christi history that you find fascinating that not very many people know? Ooh. Cause I know you
1: know. I a forget lot. what people don't know, though. Mm.
0: But I mean that because that it's like so in my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or just a piece that you find particularly interesting that you would want people to know.
1: Um, I think so. When we curated, recurated the Corpus Christi History Gallery, and we had to get all of Corpus History into 2,500 square feet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when you put it when you put it like that. And, but that's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. Wow. So when we had to do that (laughs) and we had to go through like everything and we were trying to make the stories more relatable. Like we're trying to get people's names, people's faces with their stories, Mm -hmm. not just like this event happened. Yes. Be like, make it more personal person did this thing. They said this quote. Mm -hmm. Um, so Robert Simpson, who the Saffir Simpson hurricane scale is named after. Oh, wow. Was a six year old boy during the 1919 hurricane. Who survived the storm by riding on his dad's back to the 1914 courthouse because their downtown was flooding and their home was flooding.
0: Whoa. And he was
1: like, I'm a six-year-old, this is fascinating. I want to study hurricanes. Wow. And he went on to be the head of like, I don't remember what the exact name of it is, the National Hurricane Center. What? Zapphro Simpson. Here? He was here. He survived the 1919 storm by swimming to the 1914 courthouse. The old courthouse that's falling down. Yeah. <laughs> that was trying to save. Yeah. Um that building saved a ton of lives in that hurricane. But it was brand new, it was five yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, so he survived the nineteen nineteen storm at Corpus Christi. That's what tipped off that was his come to Jesus moment about his love of hurricanes. That's what he did for his whole career. Like, did the research on hurricanes. Because in that storm they didn't have the warning systems. They didn't right. didn't like When we got hit by a hurricane, we knew, not very long in advance, but we knew, okay, it's a three. Okay, it might be a four. Right, right. We knew for not as long as we sometimes do, but Mm -hmm. even for Harvey, we had a day's notice. Yes. And they had radar that they lost the storm, and they didn't know exactly when it was going to show up (laughs) in 1919. Yeah, so it was scary. It was bad. Yes, that's terrifying. Um, So, yeah, our hurricane our nineteen nineteen storm our big one of our big ones is what made Robert Simpson love hurricanes which is what made him do the research to get the Saffir Simpson hurricane scale that saves people's lives because it tells them when to get out
0: that is freaking cool I know man I definitely didn't and know he just that died like five or six years ago he I was super old I
1: guarantee you
0: no one the knows general that. population because they don't read my exhibit <laughs> shameless plug I'm just kidding Have you, you tell me you've written a story about that in the bend. Yes. Okay. That has been in the bend. So hopefully they read that. Yeah, no, then then probably more people know about it than I had thought. Uh, That is a super cool story. Thank you for sharing that. it
1: wasn't anywhere in the museum, and it wasn't, like, I had never heard it or read it before we found, like, the interviews where he talked about it. Mm. I'm like, how? Yeah. How is this... And does that just
0: make you think that there's so much more or are you pretty thorough or I'm sure you were thorough with all, every, all the information that was available, but there's probably still some oh, really, I'm really, sure cool, there's really stuff. cool stuff. That is.
1: Yeah. When we found that out, we're like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like who didn't tell us this? Yeah. And well, you like, did.
0: That, that, you were meant to find that and put that out there. You and your team. And people know, I'm sure, like local historians,
1: but it's like, that's a big deal to be able to tell a kid. When this other, when this guy was six, he found something that he loved so much that he changed people's lives. Yeah. To be able to tell that to a kid, like, oh, that's like one of those really
0: major, like, influential stories. Like, it yeah. almost doesn't sound true. Because it's so <laughs> grandiose, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, like, that really happened. I mean, it, it, that's a cool story. I'm so glad I asked you that question. <laughs> so the last question I'm going to ask you tonight, because I know you need to go relax, is... So you went for a very specialized degree. When I was in school, I was told not to do that because you won't be people won't be able to hire you, you know whatever. They're not wrong. <laughs> well, but still you went for it. And so yeah. what would you say to someone who's considering that but like scared of the possibility of not being finding a job because it's so special? Cuz you did. You're doing really great things because you literally just followed the route you wanted to follow.
1: Yeah. Um you have to be fiery enough to follow the route you want to follow i always like when students will ask me about working in museums or something i'm very upfront about them with them about like okay do your research on salaries don't get in over your head when you're young because do your research on salaries Mm -hmm. um but i always tell them like if this is what you want to do do it like there's no substitution for going to work and knowing that you're meant to be there like, absolutely, I've always called it, like, referred to it as a calling. Mm-hmm. You don't work in museums or in anything with history, really. Um, because, oh, this is going to make me money, or oh, I'll do this for a little while because I have to, like, save up for something. Or, yeah. like, people like, oh, I'll go work oil field for four years, and mm-hmm. then I'll buy a house, and I'll be good. Mm-hmm. No one does that with <laughs> history. Like, you have to want to do it. But I I always tell them, like, if... If that's what you want to do, you have to do it. You mm-hmm. won't, you'll always regret not doing it otherwise. Mm-hmm. No, that's
0: huge. And uh, I appreciate people like you so much that are like, I never questioned it. This is nope, what I want to do. Always- I've always loved it. This is the route I'm going. I, because I, I'm someone that can overthink stuff to the max. So people who are just so driven and passionate and know this is the way I'm going, I admire tremendously. And well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for. Everything you've done, you know, for the community, for the Landmark Commission, the the fact that you're teaching uh, at the university and sharing the knowledge that you have and just you're incredible. And I just thank you so much. Thank you.